Welcome to Karura's weekly podcast. Thank you so much for taking your time to journey with us. We hope your spiritual life will be transformed as you listen in. We start in three, two, one. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's good to be back. It's been quite some time um, that I've been away, um, but I really want to say thank you. Thank you for being this community that is so supportive. The last few months, the, the last one month, um, I came back from the sabbatical. I was going visiting um, our branch churches, our campuses and, and assemblies, and, and they send their greetings and they are so thankful, encouraged by, by the strength and the continuing support that they are receiving from this community. So may the Lord just truly bless you um, in the continuing work that you are doing. Um, thank you so much also. Um, we just did the thing, the giving. We've just had the reports, and it's amazing. You know, one of the things that that really gives me joy is being able to see the body of Christ partnering together to make sure that the purposes of Christ are being fulfilled. And I know that you know among us are people who are even stepping up sacrificially in this really difficult season, doing more than perhaps even. I, I remember some people saying they're giving more than they used to give before. Um, because they know that there is a need and they want to push the work of Christ forward. Um, so thank you so much. Thank you for those who are partnering together in the building project. Um, a month ago, uh, Bishop Oscar was here and he sent me a message. And, and one of the things he said was, you know, you guys are establishing a legacy that will have an impact for 50 plus years. And that's the reality, isn't it? That is what we are, we are doing for the building up of disciples that will come and into the future that we are setting up something for them. We are setting up a foundation that will enable the disciple making process to continue. So please let's join in. Let's continue to drive this process forward um, that it might all be for the glory of God. Um, our God is great. He's worth everything that we can give more than we can actually. Um, his goodness has been so powerful towards us. Amen. So welcome to 40 Days of Love. Um, this is the first, the kickoff um, Sunday. Next Sunday, we start with week one. And, and, and so, you know, welcome. We are in for a ride into um, the, the study of relationships and, and, and love. But I want to begin by asking you a question. How would you complete this sentence? My number one value, my number one goal in life is, is what? What is your number one goal in life? Just think about that. You know, would you say that my number one goal in life is to be happy? It's to be loved? Is it's, it's to succeed in my career? My number one goal is to live a comfortable life or have fun. You know, be popular. Um, retire comfortably. Get, get married, you know, and raise a family. How would you answer that question? It's, it's really, really important. It's a very important question. If you've never thought it through, you need to think it through consciously. Because however you answer that question is your dominant life value. Now everyone has a dominant life value. It's the most important value in your life. You may never have thought it through, but you use it. You use it all the time. You know, every time you make a decision, you decide what you're going to do based on your dominant life value. It drives your decisions. You know, for example, if, if my dominant value is, is to have fun, and this evening, um, given a couple of invitations, I'm going to tend to choose the one that will give me, that will be the most fun, because that's, that's what's most important to me. 
you know if my dominant value is is safety then i'm going to tend to make every decision in life based on what is the safest choice if my dominant value is to be affirmed then i'm going to tend to choose things that will cause people to affirm me you know if it's having money you know what is it that's going to give me more profit you know what will add to my bank balance so it's extremely important that you think through what is going to be the most important value in your life because it's going to drive your life what does god have to say about this a lot a lot in the book of first corinthians chapter 14 verse 1 he says let love be your highest goal um you should have your your outline so please just circle that let love be your highest goal um for those who are online i think the 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 yeah these these are also available online and you can download them and then you'd be able to follow along and that will be present throughout our series so let love be your highest goal not status not success not possessions you know not power or privilege or or prestige or comfort or anything else not even money he says you should make as the number one goal of your life love why because god is love god is love and he wants you to be like him because god is love and god wants you to be like him in fact one day jesus was talking with some people and a lawyer asks him and it was mentioned in the in the clip that we saw you know jesus of all the things in the bible you know what should i really focus on what's the most important command and jesus said i can summarize the entire bible for you in just two sentences and it's called the great commandment we've looked at it so many times and i'd like us to read it out together it's in your outline mark mark 12 30 and 31 it's also um overhead so let's read this together what jesus says love the lord your god with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength and love your neighbor as yourself there is no commandment greater than these and and guys that's pretty clear you know the nothing in the bible nothing at all is more important than these two things you must learn to love god with everything that you that you are and then to learn to love everybody else and if you've got these two things you've got it you know life is all about learning to love everything else is secondary make love your highest goal You know if you go all through life it doesn't matter how much you acquire you know how much you achieve how many accomplishments or how famous you become you know one day you're going to go and be in the presence of God and stand before him and he's going to ask you did you learn to love me did you learn to love other people and if you miss that wrong answer it's all about love in fact the bible says in 1st Corinthians 16:14 do everything with love. It's so much the bottom line. We're being told do everything with love. What does that include? Everything. Yeah? Everything you must do must be must be done with with love. That's that's God's word. And if if you don't catch that, then then you've lost it. So so what about forwarding WhatsApps? Does that include there? Yeah. You know? Does it include how you follow the protocols um in these days of COVID? Does it include you know how you react to those people who don't do everything with love Does it include being nice to people who are in the wrong political party Do everything 
with love. If you don't, you're missing the whole point of life. And I think that this is a great verse for us to begin with um, as, a, as a memory. We're going to be doing memory verses from next week, but I want to start a little bit early. And I think this, this verse is, is just perfect. It's nice and short, but it tells you how you need to evaluate your life. I pray that you'll be waking up in the morning, you know, as you prepare, to, uh, as you prepare for your day, you'll be asking the Lord, help me with this. You know, remembering 1 Corinthians 16, 14, do everything with love. So we're going to do that little exercise. Remember when you memorize the verse, you say the reference before and after because it's, it's usually the hardest thing for us to remember. So let's do this together. 1 Corinthians 16, 14. Do everything with love. 1 Corinthians 16, 14. Let's do it again. 1 Corinthians 16, 14. Do everything with love. 1 Corinthians 16, 14. So you're well on your way. Now we are on our way. Just keep that in your mind because it, can, it serves as a guide. You know, guys, this is the second time that we are doing this particular campaign. Eight years ago, when we, did, when we did it, the testimony of so, so many was that this was powerful. It was life-changing. Perhaps the most impactful campaign that we ever had. And, and if you were part of this eight years ago, I know that you can remember you know, what, what it was doing. It's time for you now to review and reset, you know? Love is so important, and yet we, we so easily slide back. Um, you know, I've been looking through it the last, the last few weeks as, 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 as we've prepared. We've been doing this within the staff team, and I'm so glad I'm using a new book, you know, because sometimes when you use the old book, you, 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 you start just looking at the things that you underlined or you highlighted, and, and I need to just review and reset. You know, there might be different things that God is talking to me about this time. And it's very rich. It's really, it's really transformational. So, you know, get back on, um, get into it. Um, if you, it's, no, I'm not saying that you have to buy a new book if you already have the book. Um, it's just saying, you know, how it has served me. But I promise you, and this is for every one of us who is here, this is going to be a treat. This will be a time of real growth. Um, a time when you will, you know, you will find growth in this most important thing that God wants to happen in your life. That you would learn to love, to really love. Now, what does it mean to love? A lot of things in the world today that we are, we are calling love stories or love songs and love poems... They're not really about love. They are about sex. You know, when, when a guy gets up and sings, you turn me on. <laughs> you know, give it to me. Yeah? These are lust songs, isn't it? These are lust songs. That's not love. You know, you know lust can never wait to get. But love, love can wait. Love is focused on, on giving and can wait for things to be right. Yeah, so, so what is love? The Bible really has so much to say about it. And so I'll be speaking about this on Sundays. You'll have Pastor Rick Warren sharing some more of it with you in the small group material. You have the daily readings. You know, so today as we kick it off, we're going to just look at the basics of love. You know, this will just be setting up what we're going to be looking at on Sundays and in the book readings and in the material. So there are four things I want to say about what the Bible says about love, setting us up as we prepare for the campaign, um, for things to start off. Firstly, we love because God loves us. 
Because God loves us. God is love. All love comes from God and we love because he loves us. 1 John 4, 7 and 8. Love comes from God for God is love. It doesn't say God has love. It says God is love. And the reason why God wants you to love is because it is his character. And, and he wants us to be like him. God is the source of all love. 1 John 4, 19. The Bible says we love because God first loved us. And I'd like you to circle that God first. Because God always takes the initiative. The only reason that you can love God or anybody, love anybody else is because God first loved you. You know, he showed that love to you by creating you in the first place. Everything you have in life is a gift of God's love. And he showed love, the ultimate gift of love, by sending Jesus Christ to the earth to die for you. We love because God first loved us. You know, if we're going to talk about learning to love other people and becoming great at love, you've got to first understand how much God loves you. Because when you do, you're not going to be so, uh, so angry as you've been. You're, not go you're, you're going to be so much more patient. You're going to be so much more forgiving. You're going to let other people have grace. You know, the reason that you see people who are judgmental, mean, angry, you know, always putting other people down, is because they're putting themselves down. You know, they don't feel good about themselves. They don't feel loved. They don't feel forgiven. You know, they don't feel grace. They feel bad about themselves. And so it's easy for them to lash out. You know, we're going to come back to this, this issue several times in the next 40 days. You know, it's that you cannot give to others what you have not received yourself. You know, unlovely people are unloved people. Hurt people, hurt people. Hurt people, hurt people. You know, it's like a, it's like a tube of toothpaste. You know, when you squeeze a tube of toothpaste, what is it that's going to come out? Toothpaste or what? You know, it's whatever has been put inside that tube. If somebody did something funny, it's going to be something different. It's whatever is inside it. And so if you're filled with anger and you're filled with impatience and you don't feel loved, guess what? You're not going to be able to love anybody else. You have to learn how much God loves you and experience it and let it heal your heart so that his love can flow through you. 1 John 4, 16, the Bible says, we know and we rely on the love that God has for us. Do you know the love of God? And do you rely on the love of God for you? If you don't, you'll have a really hard time loving other people. So the second basic thing is that love is a choice and a commitment. It's a choice and a commitment. You choose to love or you choose not to love. It's, it's really a choice. You know, today we've, been, we've bought into this myth that, that love is uncontrollable, un uncontrollable, that it's just something that happens to you. And that language that we use, you know, I say, we say, I fell in love. You know, like I was just taking a walk and there was a ditch there and boom, I fell. You know, um, guys, that's not love. That's not love. You know, love is a choice. You know, attraction is uncontrollable. I agree. You know, attraction is uncontrollable, no doubt about it. And arousal is also uncontrollable. But attraction and arousal are not love. 
They can lead to love, but they are not love. Love is a choice. You know, you can't force um, somebody to fall in love with you. And you can't force them to stay in love with you. Why? Because love is a choice. Love cannot be forced. This is true of all relationships. It is a choice. And so Deuteronomy 30 says, you know, choose to love the Lord your God and commit yourself to him. It's a choice that you're to make even in our relationship with God. And it's the same principle across all relationships. You know, God isn't going to try and force you to love him. You can reject God and go a completely different way. God won't force you because love can't be forced. Once it's forced, it's not love anymore. Love is a choice. But it says that I choose. I have chosen to love God and I have chosen to commit myself to him. You know, it's the same with everything else. You know, I choose to love you and I choose to commit myself to you. Love is a choice and it is a commitment. Thirdly, love is an action, not just an emotion. It's not just emotion. Now, I've already said that. It's not attraction. It's more than attraction. It's more than arousal. It's more than sentimentality. You know, today, we, 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 when, when, everything, when people are talking about love, it seems it's all about emotions. It's just an ocean of emotion. And when the emotion is gone, does that mean that love is dead? No, not at all. Because love is action. It's something that you do. It's something you choose to do. You know, love can cause emotion. In fact, it causes the strongest emotions in human beings. It can produce emotions, but love is not an emotion. Why do I say that? Well, in the first place, in the Bible over and over again, God commands us to love each other. And you can't command an emotion. You know, if I told you right now, be sad. Can you do it? You know, you can, you, you can fake it. Yeah. But, you know, you know as, as a parent, have you ever, you know, told your children, you know, told a small child, you know, be happy. I'm trying, daddy. You know, you just can't command. You just can't command an emotion. Emotions are often uncontrollable. You know, if love were just an emotion, God couldn't command it. But love is something you do. It produces emotion but it is an action. In fact, the Bible says in 1 John 3.18, let us not love with words or speech, but with action and in truth. You can talk, you know. I love, I love people. Do you really love them? Let's see how you treat them. Let's see how you act towards them. You know, it's like that girlfriend who said about her, to, to her boy, boyfriend, you know, you're always saying, honey, you know, I die for you. You always say that, but you never do it. What you have for the young man. But love is, love is something that you do. It's, so, it's, it's a practical thing. And let me say a couple of things about love in action. Actually, acting in love when you don't feel it is the highest form of love. It's actually a more mature love when you are able to act loving towards a person when they are not responding to you or you just don't feel it. It's easy to love someone who loves you. But real love acts and does the loving thing when they don't deserve it, when they don't respond or you don't even feel it. The second thing I'd say about love is action is that it's always easier to act your way into a feeling than it is to feel your way into an action. 
Let me say that again. It's always easier to act your way into a feeling instead of waiting for the feeling to come and then you're going to act loving. You know, the Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things. You know, who can understand it? Don't trust your emotions. Don't trust them. Do the right thing. You know, some of you have been married um, for a long time and, and perhaps the truth is that the flame has gone out and, you know, you're living separate lives, you're in the same house. How do you rekindle that romance? In the book of Revelation, uh, Jesus says to the church, you have left your first love. And then he says three things. He says, remember what it was like at first. Repent, which means, you know, recognize that you took a wrong path, you're doing the wrong thing, and change your mind and get back on the right path. That's what repentance means. And do the things, he says, you did at the start. And what he's telling the church is the same thing for renewing the love in a marriage or in any other relationship. You remember, you repent, and you do the things you did at first. You know, very often the reason the love went away, that feeling of love went away, is you stopped doing the things that created the love in the first place, the love feelings. You know, paying attention to them, trying to meet their needs, doing that thing that will just make them smile. You just want their smile. You act your way into a feeling and not vice versa. You might be actually saying right now, I just don't feel very loving. So what? Just do the right thing. It's a choice and an action. You know, during the 40 days of love, we're going to have some practical assignments for you to do because you don't learn, you know, love to love by just listening to a sermon. You don't learn to love simply by reading even a great book like the one we are having. And you don't learn to love by going to a small group meeting and just discussing and watching some videos. These are all helpful things. But you actually learn to love by practicing it, by doing it. And and because love is a choice, it is an action and not an emotion, love takes discipline. You've got to make, you just need to do it no matter how you're feeling and you need to, to learn and to grow. in in this whole thing and and there's no better area in your life to focus on growth than in the area of love it's the bottom line make love your highest goal so please follow the advice that we see there in first timothy 4 15 which says practice these things and devote yourself to them in order that your progress may be seen by all i want you to be able to see your progress in love you know if you will do the things that we ask you to do during these 40 days Um, not just attend and listen, but you actually do all the different assignments, I guarantee that you'll become a better lover. You'll become a more loving man or a more loving woman. You know, your character will be transformed and you will see your progress. But it says in order to see that progress, you've got to practice and you've got to devote. You've got to make the commitment to do it and just do it. The fourth thing that the Bible teaches about love is that love is a habit. It's to be a habit. Love has to become a lifestyle. In 1 Corinthians 13, that's the love passage in the Bible. It will be a key passage. We'll be seeing it again and again throughout this series. And just want to highlight to you verse 7 and 8, which says, Love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. You know, so it's always, 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 never stops. This, this has to become a habit, a lifestyle. Do it all the time. Don't make it a light switch that you switch on and off. 
You know, if you only love on and off like a switch, you're not a loving person. You may think you're a loving person, but truly love happens when you love consistently and you love everyone. Luke 6.32, Jesus speaking to, to, to his disciples says, if you only love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Yani, big deal. Yeah? You know, if you think I'm a loving person because I love those who love me, I love my family. That's not being a loving person. Being a loving person is when you love people who don't love you. When you love people who irritate you, people who backbite you or undermine you, anybody can love those people that, that love them. You know, that takes no character at all. I can't claim to be loving unless I'm habitually loving. You know, if I said to my wife, Rachel, I promise I will be faithful to you six days a week. That partial faithfulness is unfaithfulness. You know, I can't say that I have a character quality of faithfulness unless I'm faithful to her 100% of the time. So you cannot claim and say I'm a loving person if you're only loving to certain kinds of people or only at certain times. You've got, you know, you've, you've, it's got to become a part of your life. It's got to be part of your lifestyle. It's a habit. Now, you've got a lot of growing to do in love and so do I. At least I recognize mine. And that's the truth. There's, there's ways to go. It's so easy to be self-centered. It's our nature to think of ourselves first. And I do it all the time. And I'm sure, you know, that's something that is common probably to all of us. So we have to learn and build the habit. Build the habit. You know, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 13 verse 5, gives us some really powerful advice. Examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourselves. Surely you know what, th that Jesus is among you. If not, you have failed the test of genuine faith. So test yourself. I like the way the message paraphrase puts, puts this verse. It's also in the outline. It says, test yourselves to make sure you're solid in the faith. Don't drift along, taking everything for granted. Give yourselves regular checkups. You need first-hand evidence, not mere hearsay, that Jesus Christ is in you. Test it out. If you fail the test, do something about it. And that's the whole purpose of, of, of this self-evaluation that I'm going to ask all of us to do before we start 40 days of love. You know, to take a little self-evaluation. And that self-evaluation is there in your, in your outlines. You're doing this because you want to make progress. You know, the object is not to make you feel guilty, you know, feel bad. I know it can. Because, you know, we all struggle in the area of love. And 40 days of love can easily then become 40 days of guilt. And that's not our intention at all. The idea is just, where am I? You know, we all struggle. But if I'm honest about where I am in different relationships, it gives a practical place where I can grow. You know, nothing becomes dynamic unless it becomes specific. You know, you've got to get to those places where you are, you are dealing with real relationships as we are stepping into 40 days of love. Because if you don't, then nothing's going to happen. So let's do this evaluation. You know, those of you with parents, how's your relationship with your parents right now? Would you say it's great or it's somewhere in, it's poor or it's somewhere in between? You know, one person's three, by the way, is another person's five. Yeah. So we're not evaluating ourselves against each other. We're not comparing scores. We're just saying, how is it going right now? How is it going right now? You know, if your parents are dead, it might be that you need to just revise what you've been thinking about them. 
you know, what, where, you know, do you, do your, is your attitude towards them right? Or is there some work that needs to be done there? How about those of you who want, who aren't yet married, but you want to get married? How are your marriage prospects right now? You know, if, if you want to get married, I'd really want to help you with that. You know, why should you look to get married by going to a bar or some other place? You know, as a, as a believer, where, where is it that you should be going to look for, for a potential spouse? It's right here in church. It's among the people of God. It's a great place to look. So we're going to be talking about how we can become less selfish in our lives, how we can love other people in a better way. And who knows what God might work out um, in your life. And then those of you who are married, please don't feel that one. You know, yours is the next one. Um, your husband, <laughs> your wife, how's, how's your relationship right now? Honestly. And please, if you're sitting next to each other, don't start looking over and seeing what the other person is, is, is writing. You know? Uh, but yeah, just, just honestly, so that we can, we can be working on something specific. What about a relative? There's a line there that you can write a name, a name in. You know, it might be a brother, it might be a sister, an uncle, an aunt, a cousin. You know, write their name in and then put where the relationship is because you want to work on it. You want to do something about it. What about a co-worker? Um, somebody that you want to really express love to during the 40 days of love. You know, your neighbor. Is there a specific neighbor that you think needs to see your love? That you'd like to, to really work on a practical love um, to them? The next one is about, you know, these different people. Someone who is difficult. You know, somebody who irritates you. Somebody who is tough to love. Someone who doesn't respond when you love them. How about that kind of person? There's your children, you know. Evaluate yourself, you know. How is, how is your, that relationship? And then there may be someone else on your mind that hasn't fitted into the categories that we've mentioned. Please just write down their name and, and, and where the relationship is right now. Then, then watch what God is going to do. Because God works. God really works. And he does great things. And here's the incredible thing. You know, in the area of love, just a little bit of growth shows great impact in our lives. You know, love is such a powerful thing. So powerful that just a little bit of growing and incredible things will happen. In some of Jesus' last words to his disciples, he says this, By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. The mark of a true believer is love. He didn't say, you know, by this all men shall know you're a Christian, that you have a sticker on your car, or you're wearing like a badge um, on, on, on yourself. No. The symbol of a follower of Jesus Christ is not a cross. It's not a fish. It's not, you know, a dove. It's not a crown. The, simple, the symbol of a genuine follower of Jesus Christ is love. Do people know that you're a follower of Jesus because you're the most loving person they know? You're the most forgiving person they know? You're a person who offers so much grace. That is my goal for you. How badly do you want to get better at relationships? How serious are you about learning how to become a more loving man, a more loving woman? If your answer is, I'd like to do it, you know, when I'm not too busy. <laughs> Wrong answer. This has to become your dominant life value. You have to decide that the most important thing in your life for the rest of your life 
is to learn how to love. You know, one of the most important things that one of the things that we've been learning so much in this pandemic time is 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 how you know intentions <laughs> can can just be you know just disappear. You know, you can have great intentions to love someone, and then some some you know suddenly it's too late. We need to learn and do it now. Now. You know, Jesus said that one day you're going to be evaluated by, by, and the key question will be, did you learn? Did you learn to love God? And did you learn to love other people? That whole issue of love has to take precedence over everything else. Life is not about achievements. It's not about acquisitions. It's about relationships. Love is the main thing. Are you in? Are you saying, you know, yes, I want to become great at love. I want to develop loving relationships more than anything else in my life. I want to be known as that most loving person that I've ever met. How do you do it? There are five things I'd like, I'd like for you just to take up. We'll be looking at some of these things in the, in the weeks ahead, but just note these ones down. First of all, to become great at relationships, I must commit to growing. You know, you don't become a great lover accidentally. It's intentional. You're going to have to make a commitment. You devote yourself to it. You commit. And we are committed to help you grow. And that's why we are doing 40 days of love. Secondly, learn how Jesus did it. Jesus is the model of perfection in relationships. He was the only one who knew how to handle relationships perfectly. And so we're going to be learning how Jesus did it through our ears, through our eyes, through our mouth, and through our hands and feet. Now we all learn in different ways. So, so part of 40 days of love involves hearing. You know, you're going to come or connect and hear a sermon um, today and, and for the next six weeks we'll be talking about love. Then we'll be learning through reading. And you're going to read, you know, one day um, for the next 40 days, one day every day, one in, in the book, The Relationship Principles of Jesus. It's just a short devotional chapter to reinforce truth in your heart every day. You'll be learning a lot from that. Then you're going to talk about it. In your small group, your CLG, you're going to watch the 40 Days of Love video that done by Rick Warren. And guys, there's just so much to teach when it comes to this whole issue of, of relationship that there's no way we could just cover it on a Sunday. So a lot of the details of how Jesus did it is in the small group material. The practical exercises and things, you'll find them in the small group materials. If, you, if all you do is come here on a Sunday morning, you're going, to be, you're going to be informed. But you will not be transformed. You need to get into a small group. You need to form a small group. If you're not in one and you have some buddies that you can bring together, tell two or three other people, let's get together and do this work. You know, let's go through this material on relationships. And the small group guide is at the back. And, and we'll help you. We'll help you. You know, the third thing I must do is practice what I learn. What practice, we must practice what we learn. You know, that's how you become great at relationships. You can't become great at relationships without relating. You know, you've got to get out and be with people. We have to practice it. So during the 40 days of love, we're going to help you start developing the relationships, the love relationships that you already have, improving those ones, taking the initiative to make things better. If you need to seek reconciliation, we're going to help you on that. And we're going to help you expand your relationships to, lo to love people that you, you currently don't love, that you've never loved before. 
Fourth, we're going to develop habits. And you're going to be learning some new habits over the next 40 days. The habits of the heart. And I'm really excited. Looking forward to, to the impact that this is going to do in your life. It's going to change your life. And five, this one is so important. Never forget it. It's, it's you need to trust God to help you. Trust God to help. You know, if you go to a typical seminar on relationships, um, on marriage, you're going to be told, you know, please try to be more loving. Even when you go to counseling, try to be more patient. Try to be more kind. How many of us have tried that? You know, the trying thing. It's hard, isn't it? Because you're doing something and you feel that there's progress and then something goes wrong and oh my, you know, you just feel so down. You know, trying doesn't truly work. It's not a matter of trying. It's a matter of trusting. It's trusting. Jesus said, you are to love others as I have loved you. And if you stop and think about that, you're likely to say, I can't do that. And you're right. You know, you can't. You will fail and so will I. And the key to love is not you trying harder to be more loving. The key to love is letting Jesus Christ love through you. It is experiencing the love of God in your heart to receive that love, receive the forgiveness, the grace. Then it just bubbles out of you. It comes out of you as you respond to God. You know where you are and you know what you're called to. You know, it's letting Jesus Christ love through you. So it starts with getting him in your heart. You can't love like he did just by trying we need to let his love flow through us and that's what we're going to be talking about but it starts with a decision i want to talk to you as we close about five reinforcements that we'll be doing through this time and we want you to 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 commit yourselves to it so so please i, I know we I, we didn't put in put in these five things in your in your in your outline but please find a space where you can write them because i'd like you to be aware of them and and commit yourself to them you know there's a difference between information and transformation if all you do is come on a sunday the next six weeks you're going to get information that isn't going to change you but if you do these five things you know hear read discuss remember and do then it's going to transform your life you will be a more loving person so the first one here and commit yourself to listen to all seven messages, including today's in the 40 Days of Love series. And um, they'll be on our YouTube channel. If you can't get here or tune in on the day, you can just you can download them and listen. Hear it. Then read it. You know, commit to read a chapter, the daily chapter of relationship principles of Jesus. You know, day one is next Sunday, September 19th. So make sure you've got your book. You know, get your books. And I know from experience, by the way, that people like to start early. And that's fine. In fact, I'd like to encourage you to aim to have done the seven daily readings before the first CLG meeting so that you'll have gone through principle one. And so if your first CLG meeting will be next week on Monday or Tuesday, you, can, you, you should actually be starting pretty quickly. And then, you know, the, the, the third area is discuss. So here, read, discuss. Meet with your small group six times over the next six weeks. Um, by, by the way, note if you're planning to meet physically, you must observe the protocols. Please make sure you're observing the protocols. That's love. Number four, remember. You know, so I'll carry the memory verse with me. The memory verse is designed to just be dealing with, with the issue that you're thinking about during that particular week. And if it stays in your mind, it will help you to live it out. Then do. I'll practice the action steps. So here, read, discuss, remember, do. 
Finally, here's, here's a very loving thing that you can do. You can invite a few friends to form a group with you. I'm sure, you know, you probably have some two, three, four people who don't go to church, people who don't go to church at all. And guys, everybody wants better relationships. So go to them. Go to a few of your friends and say, you know, our church is studying relationships for six weeks. If you want to get in on this, it's going to be a really good, good process. It'll help you, you know, so, you know, come over, come over to my house and, and we'll do this or we'll meet over Zoom and we'll watch the video. We'll just talk about it. We learn together. Why should you do that? Because it's such a loving thing to do. It's a loving thing to do. And we can help you. If you want to start a group like that, we can help you get the, 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 the videos and, and the books and a little coaching. And you can just look, see Pastor Martin. He's at the information desk or the members of the team that are there and, and inform them and, and they, will, they will help you. If you're online, you know, please do send that, that information, info at, at, at karurasc.or.ke. Just send a message and say, you know, I really, I want to link up with a few of my friends and start just a special small group um, for this 40 days of love and we'll help you. Um, someone will reach out to you and help you through it. Now, as I end on our outline, there's a verse, Philippians 1 verse 9. And it says this, and this is my prayer, that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and depth of insight. Not an immature love, but a deep, insightful love. And that's my prayer for you. That's my prayer for all of us during this whole time that we're going to do this in 40 days of love, that together will become more of a church that loves. We'll get to be known as a church that loves. I want to grow in love and I'm praying for you. I want you to grow in love. Let's pray. And as I close, I just want to invite you to follow me in, in, in a prayer in your heart. You don't have to say it aloud. Um, it's a prayer. Just if this is what it means to you that you really want to grow in it, this is this is something that you can pray. Dear Jesus, I want to be more loving. I want to work on my relationships. I want to learn to love you with all my heart. And I want to learn to love everybody else. So I'm going to make it my primary value in life. My number one goal, to learn to love you and to learn to love other people because it's all about love. Lord, help me. Help me in that commitment. Lord, I've got a lot of hurts in my heart that need to be healed. I need to be filled with your love. I can't give to others what I don't have. So fill me with your love. I need to know I'm forgiven. I need to experience your grace. I need to know your love so that it can overflow out of my life into others. Lord, please replace my fears with your love. And we have all such different types of fears, but just tell him again, replace my fears with your love. What is it that you're afraid of concerning relationships? Replace my hurts with your peace. I want to learn to know you and love you, Jesus Christ. And I want to be a loving person. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. May God bless you. May we all grow in love.